0: Welcome to Hashtag Scripture, your sophisticatedly ratchet word delivery system. Call us Deliveroo because we are serving you the word, the word of God, with your favourite source packed full of anointing oil every week.
1: On Hashtag Scripture, we discuss everyday topics informed by an everlasting God. Before you start participating, we have a medical disclaimer. If you have an asthma pump nearby please go and get it. Make sure it's accessible to you. If you have any respiratory problems or cardio, cardiological problems, I don't know if that's a word, but it is now, um, then you're going to have to just take your medication early, okay? Cool, you've been warned. Before we go any further, please share this podcast with all your sinner friends. So that's all your friends, really, because we're all sinners. We are all sinners, child. Um, you can find us on twitter at htscripture and everything else instagram facebook um google Podcasts, itunes soundcloud hashtag scripture and we've got a website www.hashtagscripture.com and we have a patreon if you'd like to support us financially um and that is www.patreon.com forward slash hashtag scripture so let's get into it the word on the street is we are all just trash bag human beings who cannot and will not, can't stop, won't stop, sinning. It's impossible to stop sinning, so we might as well just continue behaving like we never met Jesus, or we met him, but only in passing.
0: Okay, so today we'll be discussing, can Christians be sinless, and how do we endeavour to be sinless? So the age-old question... Um, We'd like to dedicate this episode to
1: our old men, the old man who is dead through accepting Christ Jesus and buried through baptism. We had a good run, but I don't miss you. let <laughs> The door hit you where the good Lord split you. I thank Jesus for saving us. Um And yeah, I'm thankful
0: that you'll never darken our doorways again. Okay, so let's get into it. For me, can Christians be sinless? So I'm going to go on
1: a really long rant here. And I think that Tina wrote less in her notes because she knew that I was going to go in a long run, because she knows me really well. And, like, I'm going to try and keep it as, as short as possible and I'm not going to say much in the second section because I have a lot to say in this section. I'm extremely passionate about this topic it's like my personal ministry I have like the ministry of Jeremiah telling people things that they don't want to hear but got to tell them anyway because it's like a fire sharp in my bones and I can't control it so I'm just going to say what I've got to say so can Christians be sinless yes yes we can and I know that's going to shake a few ruffle a few feathers and shake a few uh, tables or whatever but I want to just qualify what I'm saying I'm not saying that we can be without sin I'm saying that we can be without willful sin we don't have to sin Jesus died to set us free from sin so therefore if we're making Jesus if we believe in Jesus and believe what he has said what he has said in John 8 34 to 36 um most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed so either Jesus is telling the truth here, and we are free from sin, and we 're not slaves to sin, or he 's not, and we aren't and i 'm really of the persuasion that Jesus didn't come here, travel all the way here, you know heaven and earth they 're not next door you know, that obviously is. Heaven and the Spirit, or whatever. But, um, travel all the way to earth to come and die, not just some calm death, like he fell asleep in, um, and he didn't wake up. He come and be whipped until chunks of flesh were ripped out of his back. And that same back was then hung on a splintery cross to do half a job. Either he did it and he freed us from sin or he didn't. It's not that it's well, he, he, he freed us, but we still have one foot in the jail. Like, no, he freed us from sin. So. If we believe that, I really do believe that we can not willfully sin again. Because, and I say that knowing full well that when I'm about to willfully sin, I know it. It's not like it's an accident. I'm like, hmm, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know that. I know for a fact that that's what I do. I know for a fact that if I was fully surrendered and fully submitted to God, I wouldn't be doing that. That's what I'm coming to say. Whether you believe it or not, you agree or not cool but just try and listen to the end let's see where we go let's see where the holy spirit takes us uh this episode comes with homework we don't usually give you homework guys you've been really good this is what what episode is this episode 13 of season two and we haven't even given you homework really except for to share the podcast this episode comes with the homework of reading the whole book of romans from start to finish without pause So when you have time, this week, next week, whenever it may be, I want you to sit down and read the Book of Romans from start to finish because sometimes what we do is we pick out certain scriptures that Like back up how we feel about sin or back up how we want to feel or something to justify how we behave or how, oh, oh, this makes me feel okay about how I'm behaving. So I'll just use this scripture and I won't read around it. And that's unhealthy and it's not good. And we've had, we spoke of last season about taking scriptures out of context and how destructive that can be. So I want you to go in your own time and read the book of Romans and I'm going to read some of it now and I'm going to try not to read the whole thing <laughs> I'm really going to try I'm going to read some of it now so get a glass of tepid water remember we don't drink hot tea whilst we're listening to this podcast because it could get dangerous so get your glass of tepid water and come and sit with me as we read um, Romans chapter 6 verse 1 to 14 and this is probably the longest amount of scripture that we've read and I'm, I'm really sorry but it, ha- it had to be said Okay, Romans 6, verse 1 to 14. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, dies no more death no longer has dominion over him for the death that he died he died to sin once for all Mm. but the life that he lives he lives to god Mm. likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin Mm. but alive in god Mm. in jesus christ the lord therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies i'm going to read that again Mm. therefore Do not let sin reign in your mortal body Mm -hmm. that you should obey its lusts. Okay? Verse 13. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Okay? Cool. So to me to Me, maybe not to everybody, but to me, it's really clear that that is saying we're dead to sin and we're alive in God, mm. we're no longer slaves to sins, we're servants of God to serve God, we're no right? A, a slave, slave
0: to sin, to sin.
1: I, am I am a child of God, amen. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry. In chapter seven, Paul goes on a long tirade, much like I'm doing now. To be fair, um, on how the law works and how it is good, but it's not the greatest solution for its purpose to the problem that it's trying to solve. Um, Romans seven chapter fourteen. I'm going to read a, a little bit more, guys. Stick, stick with me. We can do it. We can really do it. I believe in us. Um,
0: I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I. Believe.
1: I believe. <laughs> um. Okay, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. This is Paul talking about himself. Verse 15, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do if then I do what I will not to do I agree with the law that it is good but now it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells in me I'm emphasizing these things for a reason and we'll come back to it verse 18 for I know that in me that is in my flesh flesh is really important nothing good dwells for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, verse 20, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So Paul is asking, "O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he immediately answers his own question. I thank God, as in God will deliver me, dash, through Jesus Christ our Lord he's answered his own question so then with the mind i'm i myself serve the law of god but with the flesh the law of sin and then chapter eight it then says There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has been made free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do for that. It was weak in the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh Mm. on account of sin. Mm. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us to not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Mm. I'm going to stop there. Mm. So, all, he said all of that to say, all of this, oh, I all the evil that I don't want to do, I do. And everything that I want to do, I don't do. To say, who will save me from this wretched man that I am? Mm. To say, Jesus is the one who's going to save me. Mm. He has saved me. Mm. Now I don't have to do that. Because rather than walking in the flesh, I'm called to walk in the spirit. Mm. If I'm walking in the flesh, then all those things that I just said about being a wretched man and sinning all the time without being able to stop, that applies. But if I'm walking in the spirit, it does not apply right mm-hmm. so we have to figure a lot of people use this verse to justify sinning currently like i'm going to sin because paul said that he even paul was sinning and he couldn't help it and da, 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 da. that's not what paul was saying paul mm-hmm. was saying that i used to sin when i was in the flesh and i wanted to f- r- fulfill the righteous requirements of the law i was sinning i couldn't help it but jesus has saved me and he died on the cross and he took all my sins with him and if i walk in the spirit then i don't have to sin if i walk in the flesh my feet is sinful and so I will sin that's what it's saying it's not saying that oh you're just gonna sin anyway it's saying walk in the spirit walk by the spirit not by sight okay cool now I know I just basically read the whole bible I do get that I know we're all sweating from the heavy lifting I, I do get that and I apologize but I really think it was necessary and needed to be done um, it's important to understand that yes a day or a week or an hour <laughs> might not go by in your whole life where you don't sin and where you have to keep repenting um, that's fine I'm not saying that I'm expecting you to never sin again. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that that has to be the goal. I'm sorry, we cannot have the goal to only sin five times a day or five times an hour or five times a second. That can't be the goal because you're always going to fall short of that goal. The goal has to be, I don't want to sin anymore, Jesus. Not I want to sin, but only a little bit, Jesus. The goal has to be, I don't want to be a sinner, Jesus. Mm. Um, You know, this stupid say. (laughs) you know, this really stupid astronomically incorrect saying, where it says, if you're, um, shoot for the moon, because even if you miss, you'll land on a star. I don't know which hater of astronomy made that saying, I really don't know, but I can understand what they're trying to get at, even though they don't understand science. It's saying that you have to aim higher than what is realistic, because at least... If you aim high, then when you fall short, you're not falling short onto rubbish. You're falling short onto something good, right? Mm. So we have to have a surrendered life and we have to live a submitted life at all times. And we have to try our hardest, not in terms of trying your hardest not to sin. God doesn't expect you to try hard not to sin. God expects you to live by the spirit and Mm. the spirit is not going to allow you to sin. That is how it works,
0: Mm.
1: right? So... We have this spirit dwelling within us, the Holy Spirit, that is violently grieved by sin and vehemently against the idea of you having to sin and continually being in sin and being trapped in sin. The Holy Spirit is not about that life. It's not sin that has to dwell in you. It's the Holy Spirit that has to dwell in you. Jesus has set us free from sin, mm-hmm. right? First um, John chapter 3, verse 7 to 9 says, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Duh just as he is righteous, as and he, as in Jesus, is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, um, that he might destroy the works of the devil, that's which is sin. Verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin, and his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. So, we all know that John John is a bit bipolar in these three chapters that he writes. One day he's saying, oh yeah, you can sin, it's fine, there's provision made. And one day he's saying, if you sin, you're not of God. And I get that it can be confusing, but we have to look at all the scriptures together and bind them all together and say, what makes sense? Um, If we add these all together, what is he really saying in the writing style that he's using? Yes, he's emphasizing that you should not sin because God is not a sinner. So therefore, if Jesus lives inside you, then how can you be a sinner if Jesus is living inside you. That's what he's trying to, he's trying to make a point that there's light inside us now, not darkness. But at the same time, if you sin, it doesn't mean, okay, nope, God is finished with you because mm. God has made that provision. That is the reason that Jesus came. So I'm not saying that you cannot sin. What I'm saying is that you should not be aiming to sin. Mm. You should not be aiming to be, okay, I'm I'm just going to only do X, Y, Z sin. Or, you know, for example, we spoke about this um, a couple of, podcast ago i think or maybe it was personally in our private conversations because we have a lot of those mm. but we were saying that like you know all these people who like fornicate up until marriage and then they're not fornicators anymore because they don't marry like you can't just be planning your mm. sin like hmm, i'm gonna sin up until i'm 30 and then i'm gonna stop like no stop doing that it's actually trash and we mm. we owe jesus so much more than this mm. jesus has died for us jesus had lost lost his life in a painful way mm. for mm. us mm. we have to um Submit to him now. And again, I want to emphasize it's not about us trying our, using our flesh to be as strong as we can to not sin with our sinful flesh. That doesn't make sense. We have to live by the spirit and that comes by living a surrendered life, which we'll speak about more in, um, the second section. Um, so I want to make it clear that I'm not saying that I no longer sin because child, I do. I sin. I be sinning. I stay sinning and I'm trying not to. I'm trying to trust in Jesus. I'm trying to live a submitted life that's what I am trying to do, right, that's what we all need to be trying to do, Um, and it might not be something that you ever achieve, if you die tomorrow, I mean, do you know what I mean, I'm not claiming that you will have never sinned again, that's not what I'm trying to say, but what I'm trying to say is that being in our corruptible body, we have all of these, like, urges, and all of these lusts and stuff, but the body, um, the Bible says, don't entertain those lusts, don't I want, I want to make the, the clear distinction between having like thought sins, quote unquote, and, um, and actually sinning. There's a difference. There's a difference between me like having a thought about sex and me then entertaining that thought about sex and then actually sinning. Um, James 1, 14 to 15 says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and, in, when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Verse 15. Then desire when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So that's saying like everyone has desires and temptations. That's not sin, right? You having a temptation is not sin. You thinking, oh, I wish I could have sex right now is not a sin. I want us to be clear on that. Just thinking about sex is not a sin. Thinking about, oh gosh, I wish I had more money. Maybe I should go and steal that thing. Maybe I should go rubber bank. That's not sin. When I now start planning to now round the bank robber bank, that's now when it now becomes sin. When I start to entertain it and wine and dine it, it's just when it conceives when, um, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. So it's now, I've now taken desire out for dinner. I've now said, desire, how you doing, baby? Do you want to come back to my place for a coffee? I've now offered desire coffee, even though I don't have any coffee in my cabinets. I've now taken desire into the bedroom. I've now said, desire, take off your clothes. And now we've now conceived sin. There are stages that it goes through. Automatically, your thoughts are not sin, even though you have a sinful nature and they are sinful thoughts. They are not sin until you entertain them. Until you act on them or begin to indulge them in your minds. That's when it becomes sin. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so for, so for example, people um people take scriptures out of context to um to justify them sinning. And I want us to not use the following two scriptures specifically, because this really annoys me, to justify that we shall always sin and we'll never be able to stop sinning, and that's the end of it. Um, the first one being Romans 3:23. Yeah, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's clearly talking about the past tense. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not saying that, oh, all are currently sinning and all will always sin and we're all going to always be trash, so we should just never try. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that we're all sinful. We've all sinned because before you knew Jesus, of course you were sinning because you didn't know Jesus. So the fact that you didn't know Jesus in itself is a problem. Now, then the next one is now First John 1... 8 which says oh if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us we can't be like the pharisees pretending like we don't have any sin and we don't know what 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 is this sin thing how do you spell it s-y-n like no we are all sinful because we have sinful flesh. Of course we have sin because our flesh is sinful. So all those desires that I was talking about, that it speaks of in James 1, yes, we're, we have sinful flesh. We're, we have a sinful nature, just like Paul was saying. But it doesn't mean that you have to sin. You don't have to take it and graduate it to the sin that now leads to death. That's a different situation. So let's not come and now say, oh, well, we all have sin. So da, da, da. No, do better, do better. Uh, 1 John 2, 1 says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you will not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So yes, 1 John, he's writing, John is writing, saying, I write this to you so that you don't sin. But if you do, which is obviously the undesirable element, if you do, You have an advocate with the Father. We have an uh, intermediate. We have a mediator who is interceding for us and asking, um, you know, for our forgiveness when we do repent. But it doesn't mean that we should now come and take advantage of the grace of God. Let us stop doing that. Um, there's, There's this analogy, the caged bird analogy, which is basically sums up the whole kind of like, what I feel is a lot of our Christian walks that we're struggling with at the moment, where it says like, um... There's a bird in a cage, and then somebody opens the cage, and the bird, rather than flying out of the cage and being free, just remains in the cage because they're mentally caged. So it doesn't matter. Even if the cage was not there, they would still remain on that perch because mentally they're used to being caged. So don't allow your mind to to make you think that you have to willfully sin every day or you're allowed to willfully sin every day and God doesn't care because that's not living a repentant lifestyle. A repentant lifestyle is understanding that, listen, I know I'm a sinner. I know I was a sinner, but Jesus has freed me from sin, so I need to turn away from my sinful, um, my sinful nature. In, um, John 8. I can't remember what verse, maybe verse 11 or something like that, when the adulterous woman is committing adultery and Jesus um, you know, deals with all the Pharisees, how he so eloquently deals with them. And then he says to the woman, go and sin no more. He doesn't say go and only sin five times a day or go and only sin up until you're 30 or go and sin, but only a little bit. He says, go and sin no more. And he's probably not expecting her to never sin again, but that is his, that's what his um, his charge to her is. Go and sin no more, not go and sin less, not go and be be kind of slightly less of a sinner go and sin no more that is what we're supposed to be trying to do and again when i say try i want to make it make it clear that i'm not talking about trying through the strength of your weak flesh but trying to depend on jesus mm. and be in such a relationship of jesus that sin feels foreign when i sin now it literally feels disgusting like do you know what I mean like it, sin should literally feel disgusting to you for, sin should not be like a oh i can't i can't wait to do that if your if your relationship has gotten to a mature point with jesus then when you sin like it's like (laughs) what am i doing do i mean like what is this this is not nice i don't want to do this anymore not oh yeah i can't wait to sin we need to get to the point where what jesus loves we love and what jesus hates we hate and until we're in that stage then we've got a lot of work to do church and i'm not saying that everybody is at that stage now you might be a new christian and it might not have happened for you yet but keep depending on jesus and keep listen i'm going into section two so let me just let me just leave it but i said what i had to say i said what i said okay cool
0: yeah and it's for this exact reason and i knew from was gonna say this I'm sorry. <laughs> like i knew and it's for this exact reason that um that i don't believe that you um can be sinless but i absolutely do believe that you will sin less because sin in most part for most part is a choice. And as what we said, we're supposed to not willfully sin. And so because you're not willfully sinning, you will inevitably sin less. Okay. Um, as Christians, a, a Christian cannot deceive. A Christian cannot achieve sinless perfection on this side of heaven. Christians who say that they do not sin anymore blow my mind because they are in error or they're in denial or they think that, um, you know, their actions are not equated to sin or that they've reached a certain level of perfection. In order to achieve a sinless state of perfection, a Christian's motivations would have to be pure and perfect at all times because God looks at the conditions of the heart as well as our actions. And I'm going to go into a few passages as to why this is, because I definitely think it's, we need to understand that as Fumi said You know willfully sinning Choosing to sin is is One thing and we have to Get to the point whereby we realise that Yes we are not perfect but yes we Can attain and try to Attain a level of perfection We won't reach perfection because we are um Fallible because we are mm-hmm. You know we're walking in flesh but we have to Try and attain um A per- state of perfection and In attaining the state, per- state of perfection We sin less because we are not willfully engaging in sin Matthew chapter 5 verse 28 says but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust in her in her has followed with lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart the motivations the intentions Matthew 22 37 says and he said to them you shall love the Lord with your you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, listen, in order to be able to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, that means every single part of your body has to be in unison and in full agreement that, and have be the purest of intentions and the purest of motivations at all times. Most of us, however, are not in that. We don't, we don't have, we don't, we haven't attained that. We haven't got to that level yet where every single, um, Orifice. Every single part of our body is serving God, is loving God. Our hearts are completely devoted to him. Our souls are completely devoted to him. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine says, The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, most of the time, I'm giving you examples because most of the time, we know that we don't love our neighbors as we love ourselves. There are certain different levels of sin. And sometimes it's not always about the big, 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 big sins that we think, Oh, yeah, I haven't mm. killed anybody. I haven't had sex. Um, I haven't... St- stolen anything, you know, or I'm not a homosexual, or I'm not a a, a I don't put I don't practice pornography or I'm not um you know, pornography. you know all of these, all of these things. But yet, our neighbour. Yet we're cutting our eye at people. Yet we're backbiting. Yet we're talking about yeah. people behind their back. These are all sins, yeah. and we have to realise that. Yes, you may not commit the big, big, big boy sins, and all sin is equal before God. There is no okay. There's live. There's sins that are punishable by death. Um, but all sin is equal before God. So I need you to understand that you can actually be sinless because you are sinning less because you're not committing all these willful sins. Um, we see that Jesus taught that, in the in, that it's the intention of the heart that is important to God. This is because God's heart is perfect. He is holy, which is why he says in 1 Peter 1.16, be holy for I am holy. God is the standard of holiness and Jesus reveals the necessity of that perfect standard. And that's just it. It's the standard we are aiming for. It's the goal. We hope and try to achieve it every day, which is why our intentions and our motivations have to be of the such that I am intending and I'm hoping and I'm aiming and I'm going to practice not sinning against God not sinning This is why I, I think I um, said this passage last week I hide your word in my heart O oh Lord that I may not sin against you and this is the thing that our hearts our minds are our, our whole bodies have to have the same goal and the same aim and the same standard which is to not sin which makes you sin less Okay. Can we say that our hearts are pure all the time? We can't. We can't say that. I mean, I wish, I wish I could. We can't say that. But there are those that say in the Bible, but there are those who say the Bible says we do not sin. And they draw this from certain scriptures. Okay. 1 John 3, 6, no one who abides in him sins, and no one who sins has seen him or knows him. First John 3 9 says, no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. First John 5 18 says, we know that no one who is born of God sins, but he who was born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. The Bible is not saying that we don't sin. Those verses in first John are talking about abiding in sin, habitually sinning. Okay. That is not and that is not what, that is not what as Christians, we are not, ooh, <laughs> that is not what Christians do. We are not meant to live in sin, okay? So there's a difference between um the, okay, yeah, there's a difference between you um living in sin, abiding in sin, liking sin, okay? All of those willful sins that we do, knowing full well, you know, for example, it's like me saying, um okay, I absolutely do not want to smash, but I'm preparing to smash my dude. You know what I mean? It's you constantly committing the same sins. You're constantly doing the same thing over and over and over again. You are living in, abiding in, and enjoying in sin. I think T.G. Jake says, you can't rebuke the devil that you're sleeping with. Like, it doesn't make sense. Wow, like, you know, so all these habitual sins, all these things that we are practicing on a daily basis, that is us living and abiding in sin. Early on in First John, it says, First John one eight. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. First John two one says, "My little children, I am writing these things that you, so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous." Now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it there because I, for a fact, 100% agree with what Fumi is saying. We need to get to the point in our lives whereby, yes we understand that we are not going to be perfect creatures, but the standard, the goal is perfection and that we are trying each and every day to not willfully sin, to not abide in sin. We are trying each and every day to make sure that we sin less because um, because we are trying to aim for the perfection and the standard that Jesus Christ died for us. What is the point of Jesus dying on the cross if you're just going to say, oh well I'm sinless, I'm a sinful person anyway so i might as well just carry on doing it or okay i'm not going to do the big sins but the small sins the things that break god's heart we are habitually doing Mm. we need to get to the point whereby we we stop having a distinction between big sins and small sins and um you know i don't commit the big sins so therefore i'm okay no each and every day we are supposed to sin less because we are attaining bible says one the race you know that every day we are working out our faith we are working out our our salvation we're fear and trembling we're not conforming to the flesh we're not conforming to the spirit of god we're being led by the spirit of god we're keeping god's word in our hearts all these things will therefore indicate that as a grad as a gradual process of you um as the, the gradual process of you becoming like christ or becoming christ-minded means that you sin less you can't just be in a constant state of sin you can't live in it you can't um, dwell in it and you can't enjoy it it's, it's very very dangerous
1: and you shouldn't be the same person that you were before mm. like it doesn't make sense we were living in sin before mm. so surely if we're still living in sin now then something is not complete. like what is the point
0: right. i i just for me i don't i don't get it like what is the point of uh, and i was saying this to my class the other day that in christianity we don't have a, a works-based um mm-hmm. a works-based uh, salvation yeah. or um you know attainment it's more Faith. We are saved by faith through grace, and because of our saved by faith through grace, therefore, certain by by default, our works also represent and are a byproduct of our changing heart. Okay, so we don't have strict rules and guidelines and six hundred and thirteen mitzvot that the Jews are supposed to abide by, or the rules and prescriptions um, that Muslims abide by. But we do have guidelines okay and just because we don't have to say okay I, I, I've ticked this off today I've ticked this off today I've ticked this off today that we are able to just treat God any which way we see fit mm. that we're able just to behave any which way we see fit and then say so, you know I'm saved by grace through faith you can't abuse that privilege you mm. can't abuse the fact that yes exactly. we have a we don't have a works based salvation but our salvation produces good works and that's what I think we need to understand is that yes it's not me I'm not I haven't killed Anya. I'm not going to have to kill seven um, pigeons today to achieve salvation but (laughs) our hearts are supposed to produce good works and if your heart and your faith and your belief in Christ Jesus and your wanting to not disappoint him doesn't produce good works which inevitably is sinning less then we have to really check our salvation at the door like check it at the door and check that we are really truly and honestly saved and we are trying to attain this perfect um standard that God has called for us to attain okay um i want to i want to also
1: just like make a few points as well that there's a difference between sin and sinning like this there's, there's a state of sin and then there's actually sinning so like i said before there's committing sin and committing sinful acts and there's the state of sin which we all have we all have a sinful nature but that's different to actually sinning does that make sense mm. like they're two separate things so yes we all have sin but we don't all we're not all sinning all the time every day. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Like, okay. Um, and then also, what is this? What is this scripture that I'm trying to find? Um, oh, it's there, I can see it. Okay. Um Hebrews 10, 26 to 29, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin but a certain fearful expectation of judgment a fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries anyone who has rejected moses's law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses of how much worse punishment do you suppose we will be thought worthy those who trample the son of god underfoot counted the blood of the covenant by which we he was sanctified a common thing? etc and insulted the spirit of grace I, i want us to really understand like the gravity of the situation here and this is i'm almost taking this almost taking this out of context because this is talking about specifically If you hear the gospel and you choose to not repent, like you're just like, oh, I've heard it, but I'm going to live my life anyway. And there's a lot of us who are doing that. I'm just going to live my life. I'm not going to live my life according to Jesus or try and be saved or whatever. Like I'm not going to try and repent. I don't care. Like if that's how you live a life, then there's no, there's no sacrifice left for you. There's nothing else that you can go and seek. There's no other way to, to, um, salvation. That's it. You, you found it. You didn't want to take it. That's it. That's what it's talking about. But, I want us to really focus on this verse 29 when it says, um, of how much worse punishment do you suppose will um, will he be thought worthy? Sorry. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he he be thought worthy who has trampled the son of God underfoot? Like we have to understand that what Jesus did for us, is very serious. And sometimes or maybe we don't think about it enough or we don't think about it properly or we don't believe that it really happened. or I don't know what the issue is, but when you understand what Jesus actually did and the pain that Jesus actually went through to save us from sin and set us free from sin and Jesus is now going around boasting I've set you guys free from sin and you're saying hold my beer not really like no that's crazy like you're trampling the son of God underfoot you don't want to be caught doing that don't do that like be repentant that's what I'm saying like if you if you sin cool whatever i'm not gonna judge you i'm not i'm not sitting here to judge you but what i am saying is make sure you have a repentant and contract heart david was a man after god's own heart and he still sinned murdered people doing adultery doing whatever he was doing but he had a repentant heart and that's all i'm really here to tell you make sure you're repentant and not this um worldly um sorrow that doesn't that doesn't change you that doesn't transform you but actual true repentance that turn that turns you oh sorry that turns you away from sin that's what we need and it's serious guys i think sometimes we can be too easy on ourselves almost like oh well like no it's not an oh well thing jesus died for this it's not an oh well thing please okay cool i'm done
0: and it's true and it's 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 bondage and i think we have to realize that you know it's It's called bondage and i'm free from it see (coughs) i don't need money sorry yeah jesus was jesus died to liberate us from from sin that ensnares us from sin that traps us from sin that keeps us in bondage you know the 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 chains and the shackles the Um, chains let's not let's not jesus broke the chains let's not put them on ourselves again by willfully sinning let's not um take um um yokes upon us and and keep put ourselves into bondage because we enjoy sin anywho um forms how do we endeavor to be sinless
1: Um, because I spoke so much before in the last section, I'm going to let Tina handle most of this, but I will just say that, as I was saying before, in order to have, uh, like, to be on our quest to be sinless, it starts by depending on God. Like, that's the only thing you can do. Like, there's nothing else you can do. It's depending on God. So that's through prayer, through worship, through fellowship, through sacrifice, through obedience, through doing what He says. When Holy Spirit says, okay, don't go to that party, don't go when holy spirit says give that um give the church 700 pounds and you only have 800 pounds just do it and obey like when we um when we disobey god it scars our heart and it it scars our conscience to the point where we begin to think okay this is normal now this feels normal i don't feel so guilty about doing this i don't feel any kind of way about disobeying god and it gets easier and easier every time people of god so please just try and be obedient every time god especially when god gives us small things it's so funny god will give me the smallest thing and i'll be like do you know what god i'm in a rush i can't do that right now like what is wrong with us (laughs) um and then another thing that i find really helpful is not being so self-involved because when you're selfless and you're thinking about others it gives you less room to sin because you're not being self-indulgent you're you're helping other people you're doing things for other people i'm not saying that you should only do things for other people and never do things for yourself but i'm saying that when you're outwardly focused you have less time to think about what you want and what you need and the desires of the flesh and the lust of the flesh you have less time to entertain that so throw yourself into serving others it really helps and then the, the last thing that I want to say is accountability you have to have a group of Christian friends who are accountable all of you people who you know the oh I don't go to church people please I beg reconsider because it, this thing is hard by yourself It. it like God didn't put just Adam and then just leave him. He said, nope, this is too hard. Let me get, let me bring Eve. Don't try and do it by yourself because it's easier to fail when you're by yourself, when you have no accountability, when you have no one to tell you, listen, this is wrong. Listen, you're doing this and I've noticed this and da-da-da-da-da. let's pray about it. Let's fast about it. Come on, let's do a Bible study on this that, and other have people who you can be accountable to if you don't then go and find them if you still can't find them slide in our dms you i'll be your accountability buddy because trust me i've been there and if if not for my group of friends around me to tell me look for me you're doing x y and z and this is not good and for me to say the same thing to them then i wouldn't be where i am today it's hard by yourself it is hard by yourself you can't it's, it's almost impossible to correct yourself sometimes because Obviously, you're going to think you're in the right or you wouldn't be doing it. I hope like a lot of the time, a lot of the things that we do, we do it because we think we're in the right or we think it's not a big deal. That's why we're doing it. If we thought it was so wrong, then we wouldn't be doing it a lot of the time. So having that accountability to have a friend being like, look, you know, the way that you talk to this guy you know the way that you're doing this you know the the way that you're dressing you know how much you're drinking you know this that and the other this is this is wrong this is too much this is not biblical let's go into the scripture and let me show you what it says when you don't have friends like that who will tell you the truth no matter how much you're going to hate them that day and be like oh this person's a hater and who will tell you the truth regardless of what it's going to do to like your feelings or whatever who can just be real with you that's what you need if you don't have that it's really hard guys so get friends who can correct you in love only in love though those friends who are just correcting you're not really friends and they just want to they just want to be telling you things cuz they think they're better or whatever you can miss me with all that but get friends who can correct you that's really important
0: um, as long as we are on this earth we will always struggle against temptation and sin that is one reason Jesus taught his disciples to pray the Lord's prayer forgive us our sins and lead us not into temptation but Amen. deliver us from the evil one that's Matthew chapter 6 verse 13 sometimes we sin by our actions and sometimes by our motivations often we sin not because of what we do but because of what we fail to do and that's mm. one of the things that we have to realize is not always because of what we do mm. but what we fail to do and I am captain of this right literally captain of this for example we fail to love or fail to forgive others in other ways we fail to do things that we ought to do and that is sin I fail to set boundaries I fail to to um, put God first I fail to uphold my fault literally I'm captain of failing to do certain things which equate to sin and things we need to remember just because we sin does not mean that we no longer we are no longer God's children um, when we sin, God stands ready to forgive us and we need to turn to him immediately. Again, I am captain of, um, I will sin and that's it. I am praying. I'm not, I can't go to, I can't go before God, I can't kneel down, I can't pray, I can't worship, I will just manage my life by myself until such a time that I feel like I can even mutter up the courage to go before before God and that's a problem. That that dark space, that empty space, that space that we leave um, between the act and going back to God is so dangerous and the devil will capitalise on it. When we sin, God stands ready to forgive us and we need to turn to him immediately. Also, God wants to help us through his Holy Spirit who lives with within every believer to avoid sin in the future galatians 5 16 says live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of sinful nature Mm. so the holy spirit has been put here has been placed here has been given to you this purpose you know that he wants to god wants to help us through it he knows it's a challenge you know he knows it's an issue for us but he's given us so many things that we can use to help combat it so the main and primary focus is the holy spirit but also the word of god the blood of jesus you know what i mean the sword of the spirit there are so many things that he's been given that he's given to us to help us triumph over sin and how do we do this abide in the holy spirit it sounds so cliche it sounds maybe like okay so how do i actually do this how do i actually abide but abide in the holy spirit that means being being in the word praying okay praying often praying not just okay I'm going to pray in the morning devotion my nighttime devotion but having constant communication with God having constant communication with the Holy Spirit checking in on him constantly abide in the word of God read the Bible honestly the Bible the more Bible you get into you the more everything else kind of fades away let all the other names fade away like the more of the words you have in you the less room there is for anything else be honest with your struggles and weaknesses and I think this is one of the Things that I know for a fact that I'm not very good at doing. um Being honest with your struggles. Sometimes we say things like, "Okay, do you know, what? I can handle this. I've got this." You know, all right, listen, I can triumph over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not actually honest with ourselves. If we were honest with ourselves, we would know that even just sniffing that direction is going to lead us in. Wow, so we really should just be honest with ourselves and our struggles, and then share those struggles with somebody else. Like yeah. share. So have, as for me said, have an accountability partner, have an accountability group, and say, "Listen, these are my big." Areas that I struggle with in regards to sin, and I need you to be on my back with this. And you have to make sure make sure yourself. Like, listen, if you know, for example, me, I know if I know that I'm super freaky, I and I want super I wanna, freak, super freak. <laughs> you know what super I mean? I have to be really ca- I have to be really Ooh. careful. Ooh.
1: Sorry, that's like one of my favorite songs.
0: And, this, <laughs> so, bad. and so, because I'm super freaky, I have to be careful.
1: That's why you don't take home to mama. <laughs>
0: i'm sorry okay i'm done so because we i'm not even gonna say the word anymore because i don't want to sing anymore you can't, but, literally, but literally because i know how i am i have to be really careful about dealing with um the opposite sex when i'm in a relationship what i do how i do it how i conduct myself because it doesn't even take long it doesn't take much at all and i'm gone okay so we have to be honest with ourselves honest with our struggles and honest with our weaknesses and, and the bible also, says like i'm
1: um, no confidence in the flesh right yeah
0: we can't trust for you to put confidence in your flesh that you know has failed you when times before you've like you I'm, just didn't I'm, get it I, I do that all the time i'm like you know what? i got this i can manage today's gonna be fine uh yeah you sure idiot. <laughs> yeah idiot. It's you thought idiot. All you had one. thought or Lord, number one you you knew yourself that you was anyway mm. so also <laughs> last the last thing is break deadly dangerous habits okay break deadly dangerous habits Often habitual sins and things that we abide sins that we abide in, there is a sequence to them. There is a pattern to them. There is a uh, it's a it's a habit. Okay, so we need to break those. How do we break those through prayer, through the word of God, through anointing? Okay, through being honest with the Holy Spirit, through the word. I've said the word of God already, but with the word of God. So we have to break deadly, dangerous habits. Can you give us some
1: more like detail into how to
0: break dangerous habits? Because obviously it's a habit, isn't it? So- yeah okay so with with the standard thing which we'll say in society is okay if you do something for 21 days and it becomes a habit right Mm -hmm. also if you don't do something for 21 days it also (laughs) it also it also becomes a habit um so if you know you've got a dangerous habit uh, for example if it's maybe um pornography right um and i'll say that I i know somebody was was struggling with this and they were speaking to me about it so his issue was you know he gets he he gets so tired he has a really demanding job right and so as a result of his demanding job but then when he gets home before he goes to bed he just wants to release Mm -hmm. you know and so he'll put something on and then masturbate he'll put some pornography on and then masturbate and that's his release and therefore he then he'll go to sleep and just you know zen out from the hard day at work he he has because he has a very demanding job now i said to him your justifications seem like they make sense but they don't because there are other things that you can do to, to to, to get a release mm. um to prevent you from having to resort to masturbation and pornography so for example you've come home from a really difficult really really hard day the last thing you want to do is maybe go to the gym because you're shattered okay what else can you do to that's that's a release um or that you enjoy doing that will prevent you from having to masturbate so do you like playing fifa Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you like do you like cooking, or do you want to you know do can you go on and can you go on YouTube and look at anything, or who can you call when you get home, or who can you call before you go to bed, or what Bible scripture can you definitely read every evening when you get home from work? Mm. You know these little things. So breaking habits because if you get home Break from
1: work, in the habit tonight. So Contact if you, my Lincoln Park fans,
0: <laughs> if you get if you get home and you know, do you know what I'm just do. do the opposite of what you would naturally do because that will break the habit and do that consistently you have to be consistent with it it's not something that's just going to happen overnight like today i'm going to be sin free like it's not Mm -hmm. it's not it's not going to happen you have to make um create patterns of behavior create systems for you also something that i did um, um and i'm not saying that this is a sin but when i struggled with anxiety attacks um I had to if I feel like an onset of an anxiety attack happening, there are certain things that I do to prevent that. Because if I just naturally go with the flow, it's going to be boom there you know I'm automatic I'm going to have a panic attack I'm going to be crying it's going to be terrible but if I feel the onsets of it so I'm starting to feel the inclinations I'm starting to feel you know there's certain telltale signs of it coming on I immediately have to stop what I'm doing and go to my trusted three or four things that I do to prevent an anxiety attack from happening we have to do this we have to do the exact same thing with the things that we have habitually sin in you have to you know (laughs) for me was telling me a story I'm not going to put her on blast but for me was telling me a story the other day and it was so funny like <laughs> it was so funny what a story but she was saying that she had to just literally walk around her house right, right. <laughs> I'll was... tell you the story guys <laughs> I was roasting
1: toasting guys <laughs> when I say roasting toasting I said I was ready to leave it all behind <laughs> I was actually ready to call up anybody I, because there's obviously there's guys in the phone on speed dial. Do you get me? Like <laughs> there's people to call, and I was ready to call somebody because I was really, really, really in that mood, and I was pacing up and down the house two and three, saying, <laughs> "Listen, Jesus, if you ain't about to come through, then I'm about to duck out." You know what I mean? But we thank God that I didn't even have to call Tina. I told her this after, but like we thank God that he was I able. I was to on the floor listen. laughing it's because the way that she told the story. I'm celibate four years now, guys. Is it four? Yeah, four years. Just four and a bit, four and a half years. And it's not easy. It Sometimes it's not easy because the flesh runs what the flesh runs. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I should come now and start behaving the fool and start calling up numbers that I don't need to be calling up and stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, you know, do, do what you have to do. Emergency 999, call your mama, mm-hmm. call your daddy, call your pastor. Whatever you have to do to break the dangerous habit, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's super important. This week's sponsor is the Holy Spirit. May he lead us. May we surrender to him. May we do away with the flesh and be led by the spirit of God.
1: This week's hashtag scripture is John 8, 34 to 36. Most assuredly, I say to you... uh, Sorry, Jesus answered them. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. not even just free, but free indeed powerful
0: yeah praise god let us pray heavenly father we give you thanks we give you praise we give you glory we give you honor we magnify your name we lift your name on high for you are king you are lord and there is none like you father god i thank you for sending your son to break us from the bondage of sin i thank you for sending your son jesus to die on the cross a brutal horrible death, so that we can no longer be a slave to sin, that we can be free, that we can be liberated. Father God, help us to continually break the chains and break the snares that so easily entangle us. Help us to remember that we are supposed to be led by the Spirit of God and not be bound by the flesh. Help us to remember that we are to long and and search after you, and search after righteousness. Help us to remember, Father God, that you have given us the power over sin, that we are not, that sin shouldn't overpower us, but we have the power over sin. Help us to remember Holy Spirit that we can call on you in times of distress in times of wanting in times of lack that we can call upon you and know that you are ready to help us Holy Spirit I thank you for constantly being our guide and constantly abiding with us and helping us daily as we tackle these struggles and temptations and Father God I right now want to plead and cover each and every listener with the blood of Jesus may you make us perfect may you cleanse us may you purify us white as snow may you remove all the blemishes and and the spots and the things that the devil has placed over us, the things that we habitually sin in, the things that we entertain, the things that we enjoy. May the blood of Jesus break every chain, break every yoke and I thank you for the word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword that can pierce these strongholds, that can pierce these things that we think that we cannot be free from. Holy Spirit help us to remember that we are supposed to be attaining perfection that we're supposed to be reaching and attaining this goal that God wants us to be holy and pure and spotless. Help us to know that yes, although we may fall from time to time, but we should not enjoy falling that we should not willfully sin. Help us, Lord our God, to form and fashion our words. And our lives after you Help us in this particular instance And may Father God May you give people who are listening The, the strength and the courage To reach out to other people Amen. So that they can find accountability partners So they can find people to help them That they can break the yoke That they can stop these deadly And break these deadly habits Oh Lord Help us in this particular season We know it breaks your heart Each and every time we sin Help us to not be people Who break your heart Help us to be people Father God Who enjoy pleasing you Amen. Who wake up in the morning trying to find new ways to please you mm. that we can go to sleep at night knowing that we've tr- done our best to make sure that we have pleased God, that we've been good representations of the gospel, that we've been good representations of Jesus help us o Lord in this day, I know that we are struggling oh Lord but help us and we thank you Father God may we help ourselves, yeah. may we not also just realise okay yeah if God hasn't brought me through it, I'm going to keep going through it, no may we put things in place in our own lives, may we erect things in our own lives Father God that will help us to prevent us from committing sin habitually from willfully sin help us to sin less each and every day may we implore wisdom may we implore understanding may we implore wise counsel in jesus name we pray amen amen and just as tina was praying i was reminded
1: of a scripture which i can't believe that i didn't actually put in the second section so i'll just say it now it's um first corinthians 10 12 to 13 therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall Mm. no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man but god is faithful amen sorry Mm -hmm. (laughs) god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it listen yeah i have never ever ever been tempted and not been given an escape Mm. i used to suffer with like pornography addiction and masturbation addiction and there was never not one time when i wanted to do it that god wasn't like yo for me what are you doing Mm. sometimes my internet would cut off sometimes (laughs) if i tell you stories like listen it's mad god will always make provision for you to not sin God will always provide you an escape there will always be that one second where it's like you can stop now you know God used to put worship songs in my head everything like everything God will speak to you and say listen you don't have to do this he wants you he wants you to be free from sin he has freed you from sin and he makes that provision and that escape so my advice to you is take that escape when he gives it to you because Mm. I I can bet that there's never been a time when you was about to commit a sin and you you knew that like like there wasn't a time where you didn't you thought okay I can't stop it's not like it, it's going to happen mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do to stop it no that doesn't happen there's always a, an escape so take that amen. escape
0: amen okay so you can find us on SoundCloud and SoundCloud and iTunes at hashtag Scripture Facebook um and instagram at hashtag scripture twitter ht scripture patreon hashtag scripture our website www.scripture.com google podcast hashtag scripture please leave a review and subscribe on both itunes and soundcloud remember to share this episode remember to keep hope alive <laughs> um we love you we love you guys Bye-bye. take care bye, bye.